Hello, and welcome to not normally the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. This is a different one. We're talking about Indiana Jones. Take it away, Craig. That's so smooth. Wait, why am I going first? Because <laughs> this, this, this is your episode. You you brought these. Yeah, I thought we had a fun name for it. I had to re-listen uh, to the Toy Story superior one. sequels. So... Welcome. This is the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast bonus content, patrons only, where we talk about movies where the sequels were better than the first one. And this this month we are talking about Indiana Jones. And uh, this was Craig's idea, so he's he's going to lead this conversation. Go, Craig. Right. So there's three Indiana Jones movies. Um, You guys might know them as Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom and The Last Crusade. So, I don't know them as that. What else would I know them by? Indiana Jones. Nope, still not ringing a bell. Well, I don't even know why you're here on this recording then. Indi- Indiana's Jones. Jaws to the new batch. <laughs> um. All right, so we'll just go through the movies. We'll do a quick synopsis, and then we'll talk about what makes them fun, what makes them not as fun, you know, whatever we decide to do. So we'll, we'll start by talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, Mike? Well, hold on. Before we get there... We're holding. Uh, Craig, again, this is your episode. What is your claim here? I claim that Last Crusade is the best of all three. And after, I have to say, I did a, a quick re- rewatch, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still st- I'm sticking with it. I think the Last Crusade is uh, the best of the bunch. All right. Uh, I, on the other hand, am pretty sure that Raiders is better not by much. Like, it would actually be much more fair to say that, like, Raiders and Last Crusade are similarly good. And Temple of Doom is still a really good movie, just not as good as the other two. Uh, Tori, what's your dog in this fight? Uh, I I have always been of the opinion that Last Crusade is the best one. And uh, having recently rewatched uh, two and a half of these movies i've got uh last crusade playing in the background as we record because i didn't finish it um oh no yeah well i have seen it many times so i've thought i was i i actually thought about not rewatching it for this because i've seen it so much but um yeah uh i do not usually rewatch the first two and they they don't hold up i'm sorry they don't hold up you're saying that raiders doesn't hold up <laughs> Just give him Mike that ammunition. Wow. Yeah. All right. Shall All right, I get so into So now that we've made our positions clear, I think we need to do a quick recap of the three movies in case our listeners have not watched them in a while, or if, if at all. So, Mike, why don't you cap up uh, Raiders for us? All right. Uh, I'm actually going to skip like most of my notes because we do have a bit of a time limit here. Uh, so, Indy and Alfred Bellina. Raid a shrine to steal a golden monkey. The entrance is covered in spider webs, but is otherwise very well maintained, which tells me that there's an alternate entrance <laughs> that the locals know about. Oh, um, wait, I, I hate to interrupt, but I, I'm reminded of a skit, like this iconic scene in the very first movie. It reminds me of this comedy skit I saw where someone is talking about who came up with making these traps in these movies. Like, we're talking about this ancient civilization, right? They're like, we need to make all of these traps you know, to in case to protect our treasure in case someone comes to raid our treasures and they're they're well working, they're maintained like, you know, there's what, like poison darts and there's falling rocks and stuff and they work perfectly. Yeah. Well, well done to the engineers of that. But uh, 
Who does that? Who makes this? I don't know. No, like, okay. They're very clearly being maintained by the locals. Like, there just uh... is another way in. Because after the spider webs, it's totally clean. Like, Good the, point. the altar of the golden monkey is, like, cleaned of dust. Like, someone regularly does that thing. Clearly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Indiana Jones is stealing a cultural artifact from people that are just right there. They're, they are right there. Uh, but, yeah. Alfred Berlina betrays Indy as soon as they get the monkey and dies immediately. Just... Just immediately, no more Alfred Molina. Now we have a bad rubber face that might be Alfred Molina if you squint a little. It was perfect. I could. I wasn't fooled for a second. Um, but yeah, Indy gets out. He's he's chased by the giant boulder. This is where the giant boulder comes from. You know, you think of Indiana Jones, you think of him being chased by a giant boulder. That's this. Uh, as soon as he gets out of the temple of the gold, the shrine of the golden monkey. Um, he is met by a bunch of heavily armed locals and Rene Belloc, who once again bests him uh, and gloats about it, like which suggests that they have a really long history of Indy actually like going in and finding the stuff and Belloc stealing it from him as soon as he leaves. Um, Indy distracts him, runs away to Jacques, who starts the engine of the plane. They fly away. There's a snake. Indy hates snakes. That's that's our intro. Uh, next up, we get Indiana Jones teaching uh, a college class on archaeology, uh, except he, for the first but not last time in the series, starts a lecture in his college class about a minute before the class ends. I noticed that, too. <laughs> I did. That That is like classic movie college scene, though. It's like, okay, we got a minute. Let's go over it. Oh, here's the bell. Um, okay, I have a question for you guys. Does Dr. Henry Jones Jr. have tenure and thus doesn't give a crap? Or will he never get tenure because he's a terrible teacher who doesn't give a crap? Well, he always has huge attendance. Like, he, I'm sure his attendance record is great. It Definitely the girls like him. So I don't think there's complaints from the college that he's not, you know, necessarily teaching. A lot of kids and students are attending his class. So... I, th I think he has tenure. I'm going to vote uh, he doesn't have tenure because you during Last Crusade, you see his office and it's in the boiler room. Oh, so, yeah. So I'm going to say he doesn't have tenure, but they keep him around because of the student student engagement. What student engagement? In that same scene, we see him avoiding everyone during his office hours and sneaking out <laughs> yes, the window. but... But they're all interested in taking archaeology and, you know, probably that whole department was suffering before he got on board, you know, like. What, I mean... what the students are interested in in that scene is getting their papers graded so they can, you know, have a grade and move on with their lives. I, I said the same thing to my wife. I'm like, you know, he said he would have office hours for the next hour and a half. And here he is not even five minutes later sneaking out the window. The lies. I like, mean, I have I have been a um, a TA in a college, and like if I if I said, guys, I'm having office hours, and then there was a line of students outside my door, I would panic and run. But like he also just like straight up disappears for months at a time. Yeah, at the drop of a hat, he's got to go run off and get some artifacts. No, 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 no. At the pickup of a hat, he doesn't wear his hat <laughs> to class. Good point. Good point. Anyway, all right. Continue. Uh, 
Yeah. So some some top men from the government, top men, uh, show up and give Indy the plot of the movie. Um, his mentor Abner Ravenwood, which is the coolest name, you guys. It's such a cool name. Um, yeah, has has disappeared, but was sent a message from the Nazis about uh some stuff that the feds don't understand, but Indy and Marcus Brody immediately get it. It's Ark of the Covenant, Hidden City, near Cairo, apparently. Um, yeah, so Indy gets sent off to go recover the Ark and keep it out of the Nazi hands, which he does a wonderful job of doing. A-plus work. Um, they talk about the the staff that you use it in the special map room at the special time of day. Uh, they don't make mention of the fact that it needs to be a specific day of the year to hit that, like, specific spot. Otherwise, like, factors will change just throughout the year. Yeah. Which, I guess they didn't want to have to, like, get there two days late and, you know, have to wait a full year to find the map. So they just didn't mention it. Good thing they figured it out at the perfect time. Uh, oh, uh, when they mention Abner Ravenwood, uh, Indy mentions that they had a falling out. And you guys know what they had a falling out over? Is, because he was, he was dating Abner's daughter. Yep. Who was a child at the time. Her, well, she says her words. she's a child, yes. Isn't she like a teenager? I I haven't looked up her age. Um. Yeah, The there's like some background material that you can you can look that up and it's it's not great for Indy but yeah from from what i vaguely remember she was supposed to be like 14 or something but they they leave out specifics in the actual movie um anyway Indy then goes to Nepal to find Marion Ravenwood who owns a bar and her business model is apparently to get into a drinking competition where people bet uh, for or against her which doesn't seem like a great business model to run a bar. What do you mean? It makes people drink more. It makes one person drink more. It makes her drink the same amount. Depends then, on how much they're betting, though. And then she's blitzed. No, no, that was setting up the scene later in the movie where she's only pretending to be drunk. Oh, I, I, I get it in, in, like, movie terms, just as, like, the owner and bartender at this bar. Terrible idea. Just awful. Anyway, she closes the bar, Indy comes in, says, hey, I need that thing. And she's like, no, you can't have the thing. And then they fight, and then Indy leaves. And then uh, the creepiest character in all of film enters the, the movie at this point, uh, which is the Nazi, I want to say Colonel Tote. Uh, yeah, he is, he is just, okay, you guys, if you haven't seen the movie recently, you do definitely remember his face melting. That's him. That's this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So he comes in, starts threatening her. They start a fire. There's fighting. Indy comes in. There's more fighting. There's shooting. There's more fire. Um, Tote makes a copy of the head of the staff uh, and then leaves. And then Marion's bar burns down and she and Indy uh, travel to Cairo with... I didn't mention it before, but these movies have like the best way of of getting characters from one place to another where it's just like b-roll of usually planes but just like whatever vehicle whatever kind of vehicle they're on superimposed over a map with lines drawn it's per it's iconic though i know it's so good 
Uh, we're then introduced to John Reese davies playing Sala. You may know John Reese davies as Gimli or the other guy in Sliders. Yep, sure that. Uh, but apparently he is the best digger in Egypt, which does not matter to the Nazis. They've just hired everyone. Um, we find out that Belloc is already in Cairo. Uh, then we get to the big fight scene in the market. And there's, there's a very famous anecdote from this scene. Uh, so when Vigo Mortensen kicked the helmet, he broke his toe, and that, that scream of pain he gave off was, was real from breaking his toe. Oh, really? Huh. Somebody's gonna get that joke who listens to this later. I'm, I'm giggling over here. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, there's, there's guys with their faces covered that are working for the Germans. Uh, the Germans are apparently working for the monkey, because, like, the monkey... Tells them where Indy is. It does seem that way, doesn't it? Um, let's see. Marion gets in a basket, gets carried off. Indy goes out to the market, and everybody's got identical baskets, so he just ruins laundry day for so many people. Um, and then Marion turned inside out and exploded. They load her basket onto a truck filled with explosives. Indy shoots the driver of the truck. The truck crashes and explodes. Oh, side note, notice how like everything in these movies... The moment it crashes, explosion. Yeah, that's that's just, just how things do. work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so much so that in Last Crusade, when they're having the motorcycle chase to get away from the Nazis, and the like, one of the motorcycles is on its side, and then the other two motorcycles hit it, and the drivers fall off, and it ends the chase. I was like, "What? They don't explode? Are you kidding me? Everyone knows when they crash, they explode." Yep. Um. Ba, ba, ba. Oh, so next up, Indy is led to a bar where uh, Belloc is sitting inside drinking. They have a very tense conversation, which gets even tenser as Indy pulls a gun on Belloc and every other person in the bar pulls a gun on Indy, uh, at which point you don't bring guns to a kid fight. So Sala sends his kids in to bring Indy out, and that works somehow because kids trump guns apparently, in the in the Indieverse. Um, we find out that due to a convoluted, convoluted set of instructions on the head of the staff, done entirely for the benefit of this exact scenario in the movie, uh, Belloc's staff is the wrong length, and he's digging in the wrong spot. So, I have read um, some complaints about this movie that, like, if Indy had done nothing, the same ending would have happened, which, sort of, uh, but also, at this point in the movie, they're digging in the wrong place, but that's not relevant because Indy was hired not just to stop the Nazis, but to actually collect the Ark and bring it back. So he can't just leave knowing that they're digging in the wrong spot. They won't find it. So I have to be honest, this this whole scene sort of confuses me because they're at the camp where they're actively digging. There's a lot of people here who are trying to dig, and, and Indy just sort of walks around... Like, oh, yeah. No, like, there is apparently zero security on this dig site. Right? And, like, nobody seems to notice that, you know, there's a smaller digging crew digging in a completely different spot. Yep. Completely yep. out in the open. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Um, yeah. So, Indy ducks into a tent to avoid some of the Nazis. And there's Marion, who isn't dead somehow. We get a line saying they must have switched baskets, which is a thing we definitely saw them not do. Yes, they fooled us. 
um, I'm reminded of the... Have you guys seen Rise of Skywalker? Yes. Is okay. that the second one? I have seen that. That's the third sequel. I have movie. not seen that one. Okay, don't bother with it. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, a similar switcheroo like that happens in that one that I was reminded and made this one retroactively worse. Like, it's it's already pretty bad, but this switcheroo is 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 made retroactively worse by the fact that a later worse movie did it badly as well. Um yeah. And it's also a George Lucas movie. No, George Although Lucas I, didn't have anything I to do with it. I don't know how involved he would have been with that one. Actually. No, George George sold off the rights and had nothing to do with the sequel trilogy. Okay, fair enough. But that does bring up an excellent point. Uh this movie is is like a dream team of filmmakers. So we've got George Lucas and Steven Spielberg working together, two of the biggest names of film in the 70s and 80s. We've got Lawrence Kasdan writing the script, which this is one of his earliest, but he then went on to also write a bunch of really, really good stuff, like Empire Strikes Back, like some other movies that I could list, like Dreamcatcher, which was garbage, but I'll still lay it on his feet. Anyway... Yeah, we have we have a lot of incredible talent attached to this movie, and and this time it worked out. Um, yes, so Indy and Sala and their diggers dig up at the correct site and are completely ignored by everybody around them, uh, only to find out that uh, they have discovered the Snake Temple. Dun dun dun! You gotta store your snakes somewhere. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> anyway, Snake Temple. Then we cut back to Marion having, uh, or Marion starting a nice evening drinking with Belloc, where she is told that she can't escape because the there's desert for three weeks in every direction, which is blatantly untrue. They're right next to Cairo. Yeah, it did not take them three weeks to get to that place where they are. Um, then we cut back to the temple, um, where Andy is like trying to deal with with the snakes and there's some great sound design happening in this scene. There's a lot of like rattlesnake noises despite there being no rattlesnakes in the scene, which is which is just just delightful sound design. It's it's the same kind of thought process as like when you draw a sword out of a scabbard, it has to make a like an audible shing and if you're riding a horse, it can't sound like actual horse hooves hitting ground, it has to sound like two coconuts being banged together. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking of you actually, especially during this scene of the movie, just because there's a lot of snakes uh, in general. They they do tend to show the snakes, um, and it's like I, I feel like you would know them a lot better, like what what types they are and how they would actually act. And of course, you mentioned the the sound design, which was a good point since you don't see any rattlesnakes there. But they are some kind of cobra, I believe. Like there's one cobra. Uh, which I'm pretty sure for like most of the shots is just a prop because it doesn't move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think they did like when they were looking at it head on and you could actually see like the, the front of the snake. Like I think they actually used a snake, but they likely had like a, a defanged one. Um, the other snakes that they show are as far, like as much as I could identify any of them. Uh, mostly they were just like cables and tubes and stuff. Uh, but the actual snakes were were largely harmless ones. Like, um, I didn't see any ball pythons, but I did see, like, maybe some juvenile um, reticulated pythons. Yeah, like, nothing venomous, 
generally pretty docile. Uh, I will note that if you if you ever look to the Indiana Jones movies as like proper care and husbandry of reptiles, don't just <laughs> just don't. At no point are any snakes in this movie shown being cared for in a way that they should be, including Jock's pet snake in the in the plane, including the train yeah, full keeps of a snake on their plane, including the train full of of snake crates, I guess, in the circus train, a thing that I don't think exists. Well, that was in the 1910s, so who knows what how they did things back then. Yeah, circus trains did exist, but why would they have crates full of snakes? I mean, it's it's just poor. Like, don't house reptiles together unless you extremely know what you're doing. But just, yeah. If, if you're also, if you're looking to a book podcast doing movie reviews as a source of, like, reptile husbandry, don't either. Don't do that. Uh, anyway, back to the movie. So, Marianne and Belloc are drinking. Uh, Marianne is... Pretending to be drunker than she is so she can pull a knife on Belloc. Uh, and then Tote shows back up, and he's creepy again. And he's so creepy that he <laughs> pulls out this cool stick that, like, separates. And you think it's going to be like, oh, he's he's going to strangle Marion. Nope. Nope, it's a hanger. He has a creepy hanger for his coat. And it's, yeah, the hanger gag is just, it's A+. plus. It's so good. Um, back to Indy and Sala who have found the Ark in the Snake Temple. Uh, Craig, Tori, you've both played quite a bit of Zelda. Snake Temple better or worse than Water Temple? Water Temple is always bad. See, in Zelda, it's easy to kill snakes. You just swipe your sword. So Snake Snake Temple definitely better and easier than Water Temple. It's not like needlessly complicated with a weird puzzle in order to figure out how to raise the water level in order to be able to move on with the dungeon and beat the game. So... Snake snake dungeon, definitely a lot easier. Okay. Um, yeah, so Indy and Sala get the arc out, and they are, and Indy is foiled by Belloc again. That's twice in the same movie that this dude has just been hanging out at the entrance to a dungeon, taking the treasure. Man. Um, Marion. So Indy gets left in the snake temple, Marion gets tossed in with him, uh, and then they close the, the ceiling slab. Um, Indy breaks down a wall. Link would have just used a bomb. It would have been way easier. I I don't think Indy's very good at this, you guys. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was fine. Uh, but Indy and Marion get out. Um, Indy gets into a fight with a much bigger and better at fighting guy next to a plane. And you guys remember how that one ends. Oh, yes. So It, it is quite graphic, surprisingly. Yeah. Don't bring fists to a plane fight. <laughs> Uh, then we get an incredibly cool and iconic truck action chase scene where, like, Indy hops into a truck, fights a couple of people driving the truck, and then more people jump on the truck, and he has to fight them. At one point, he's, like, thrown through the front window of the truck, hangs onto the front of the truck, ends up being, like, ends up going, like, underneath the truck before climbing back up and doing the same thing to the guy who did that to him. Except that guy has a much worse time of it. Uh, and then I finally note that we have very gruesome deaths in this movie. Uh, I would also like to note that this movie existed before PG-13. Uh, so did Temple of Doom. And Temple of Doom and Gremlins were the two movies that made the ratings board come up with the PG-13 rating. 
Way to go. Way to ruin it, guys. Um, Actually, I think it's fair because PG to R is a huge gap. Like PG is essentially children could watch this. This is fine. And R is like, yeah, don't don't have your kid watch this. But there's a huge gap. Like it sort of makes sense for PG-13 to actually exist, especially now as a parent. Like, I don't want to watch cursing. I, I don't want to watch movies with cursing. And I'd prefer they tone down the violence a little bit in case I'm watching it while my daughters are out. I mean, so. there's a pretty good amount of language in these for a yeah, PG a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, the truck that Indy has successfully stolen has the arc on it. So, Indy wins. End of movie. Bye, everybody. Da, 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 da. No, they, they board a ship headed to London. Uh, there's a cool scene where they're on the boat and Indy takes his shirt off, and the makeup department did such a good job in this one, because he looks like, once he gets his shirt off, he looks like he's been through all the crap that Indy just went through that day, of, you know, uh, losing a fist fight to a dude twice his size, getting shot in the arm, and then being dragged under a truck. Like, they did a really, really good job with that. Um, but yeah, next morning, the ship is pulled over by the sea cops, and by that, I mean Nazis on a sub. Uh, so they take the Ark, they take Marion, uh, Indy manages to evade capture, manages to evade capture, and gets on the top of the sub, and apparently <laughs> just rides that the whole way back to their base. Why do they never submerge? I don't know, but I looked for it, because this is another thing that, that like, gets pointed out by, like, pedantic articles, that, like, this is not a short journey, it it yeah. isn't necessarily a long one, but it isn't short, so it's it's probably a couple of days. And yeah, they are never shown submerging, so there's that. Not to mention, he must have been sunburned to all heck out there. I, I mean, think. he he was pretty toasty, like from earlier in the movie, like the Cairo scenes. Yeah, he he was he was pretty dark by then. Um, anyway, German base. Wait, wait, wait. wait. One one thing. This reminds me. I don't know why that whole scene reminds me. Um, of I believe it's the second Tomb Raider game. Like we're talking about Tomb Raider two, the uh, original series. I believe that one has you board a sub and you know try to get there. Like it, it feels like it reminds me a lot. I mean, Tomb Raider in general is Indiana Jones only in the nineties, but that in particular, like with the sub and everything, it just I don't know. It triggers the memory. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh. So yeah, indie. I guess, jumps off the sub as they enter the base and climbs up some stuff and nobody sees him. That's that's all implied, because we don't actually see any of that. We just see him in the base. And then he beats up a guy for his uniform, except he picks too small of a guy, so the uniform doesn't fit. Uh, somebody higher ranked than the uniform he stole starts chewing him out because he looks like garbage, which... Fair. Like, Harrison Ford look, looks like he's been through a, a garbage disposal at this point in the movie. Um, so he beats that guy up and steals his uniform. Um, yeah, and, then he's, way up. and then he's able to just walk through the base without anybody spotting him, which I don't know how he does considering that he hasn't shaved in, like, four days. And, like, all the other Nazis are very definitely clean-shaven clean and have hygiene right. standards. And he hasn't showered. He, he's bloody. He he looks beat up. Like you know, just just ignore him. We don't we don't care. Yeah, they they don't smell like they've been exposed to the elements for two days on the top of a sub. Anyway, um, 
Indy follows them as they like go toward the center of this island where they have where they're setting everything up to open the ark and have a whole ceremony. Uh, he grabs a rocket launcher and then bluffs with it. And Belloc calls his bluff because, as we have seen over and over and over again, Belloc always gets the best of Indy. Um, Indy then gets captured, tied up with Marion. The Nazis do the arc opening, and you know the rest. If you've seen it once, you remember it extraordinarily vividly. And no, Mike, you're not supposed to see at all. You're supposed to keep your eyes closed. Yes, Indy tells Marion that to not look in the arc. He says this well after the arc was opened, but like before stuff starts going sideways. So, and he's shown looking at the arc at that point. So I'm not sure exactly. Like, yeah, you you can look in the arc for ten seconds, but after that, no good. I don't know. I don't know the rules. I want to know how he knows the rules. I don't know either. Uh, my, um, my my wife was asking about that. Like how again. So I, I, I realize this conversation comes up a lot because there is a lot of wait, but why moments that are in this movie. But uh, yeah, that one in particular, it's like, OK, you have to keep your eyes closed and it sort of seals itself off after like it kills everybody. But it also cleans up their bodies and seals itself like how very convenient that it, it does that. And apparently untied Indy and Marion so that they didn't die of exposure in the middle of this island that has now been cleared of Nazis. And I, I do want to talk about this when we get to Last Crusade as well. But the the god of the Indiana Jones universe is is very very Old Testament angry type person. Like he, there's no joke. Like you mess up or you do the wrong thing, you're just dead. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. The Indy tells Marion to avert her eyes. The Nazis melt. The Ark goes into the giant warehouse. The end. Ba ba da da ba ba da. John Williams soundtrack. Hey, that's the other the other big name for this. John Williams did the music for this. It's iconic. Yeah, it is. But yeah, that's Raiders. There are like as I was watching it, this is a very um I mean it's it's a bit nostalgic for me of course because I I watched this uh you know since I was a kid, but it's very iconic. There's a lot of action scenes that are like you you might be familiar with it even if you've never seen this particular movie because it has influenced so many movies in the future. Like certain scenes, jokes, comments, it comes from this particular movie. Like it set the stage for new action movies. So I, I know it's it's parodying the 1930s like action serials. Like that was the whole field that they were going for, but it's sort of creating a, created a new generation of that. Well, um, homaging, not not parodying. Yeah. Like there's humor isn't the point for this. Um, it's, it's that George Lucas was and is a huge nerd. Yep. Yep. Just, just an enormous nerd. But some of the things that it has influenced, uh, we have video games. I already mentioned Tomb Raider, which is essentially, uh, it's, it's, it's a female Tomb Raider, but come on, it's, you're, you're running away from traps. There's, you know, you're trying to get certain artifacts and you have to swing, climb, move your way through, uh, these these dungeons and temples that are trapped and stuff like that. Uh, you have Speedlunky. Well, you have Speedlunker and Speedlunky. The whole iconic hat whip combination uh, with like a letter type jacket. Like that's Indiana Jones, but that's also every single treasure hunter since him. Oh, that actually was part of the pitch for the movie was 
was like that Indy would have like this this iconic look of, you know, the leather jacket, the whip, the fedora. And no matter what else happens in the movie, eventually he always gets back to that outfit. Yeah, as you do, as you do. But yeah, the the whole whip thing, like I said, I play a lot of Spelunky and the the character that you start with like it's Indiana Jones, uh, La Mulana, which I know Dave is is really into. The first La Mulana, it's another Indiana Jones type thing. Like the whole like don't like snakes. So seeing in temples snakes and and avoiding them, spiders typically as well. Like it's from this movie. Like this set the stage. All right, Tori, uh, I believe it's time we move on to Temple of Doom. Also known as Indiana Jones and the PC Nightmare. Um, so this was this is why I was saying that the that the movies don't hold up is because there's a lot of um, what what would you call it? It's not cultural appropriation. Overt but, racism. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Temple of Doom opens with uh, a musical number. Uh, we get singer uh, Willie Scott, who it should be noted is a blonde white woman, uh, singing a song in Chinese um, with a, a team of dancers, uh, backup dancers behind her. And uh, even though they are all wearing a Chinese style clothes uh it should be noted none of these women are apparently chinese if you if you pause the movie and look at them then they're all just um yeah i didn't see any chinese women in this dance number anyway moving on so um this dance number is taking place at a bar called i'm not kidding obi-wan <laughs> easter egg um and Indy is there uh he's meeting with um this guy i think his name was laucha um who wanted Indy to recover a um, an, an urn uh, containing the ashes of some important guy. And uh, Indy expected to be paid in a giant diamond. But uh, Laucha, uh, you know, reneges on the deal at the last minute, is like, uh, no, I'm keeping the diamond um, and the thing that you recovered for me. And uh, you just drank some poison. Ha ha ha. No, and... no, no. Hold up, hold up, hold up. What he offers in place of the diamond is the antidote. The antidote yeah. to the poison you just drank. <laughs> yeah, very. That's sort of James Bondy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, all right, I guys, the the entire scene at the nightclub I think holds up extraordinarily well. It's it's a really fun action scene. Like, there's a little bit of fighting, but mostly it's just Indy scrambling for this vial. Well, uh, yeah, like it falls on the floor and people are kicking it as they're running away because this gunfight just started between Indy and the and and the the Chinese mobster and his uh, underlings and um, and, and Willie, Willie Willie Scott is just after the diamond. Yeah, like because the diamond also gets lost in the confusion uh, and is on the floor and people are kicking it. And so um, Willie manages to grab hold of the antidote. Uh, I don't think we ever see what happens to the diamond yeah i don't remember but um, so indy um kidnaps willie so that he can get the anti antidote uh they um jump out the window and get in um indy's waiting car to escape being driven by short round uh best character um which is a, a little boy um oh i have i have stuff on the characters but would continue. you like to share that now no no we'll get into okay. it later Okay, so um, so they drive away and they're being chased and the chase scene through the streets of, I don't remember, was it Shanghai or Hong it's Kong? It's Shanghai. 
Shanghai. And um, but so they make it to the airport uh, where one of Indy's other friends has a plane waiting, and it's like, I'm sorry, but it's like you have to go in the in the cargo hold. It's not a real passenger plane. And Indy's like, whatever. And then the door hold closes. Up, up, uh, who plays that guy? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Dan Aykroyd, uncredited cameo. Dan what? Aykroyd. Oh, okay. That's fancy. But, um, so the door to the plane closes and it says Lao Che on the door. And the Chinese mobster pulls up in his car right after uh, the plane takes off and is just laughing because ha ha ha. Um, Indy, Indy will be defeated in the end, uh, which I mean, he already was because he didn't get away with that diamond he wanted. So, anyway. So as the plane is flying wherever they're going, um, Laucha's men, the pilots, uh, sneak out the uh, the back door and and jump out with parachutes and leave the plane pilotless uh, so that it may crash with all aboard. Uh, so uh, Willie wakes up and notices the pilot's gone and. Uh, and wakes Andy up and Andy's like, no, 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 I can, I can figure out how to fly a plane in like 10 minutes. And, but he can't. So then they figure out that they have to jump out of the plane. Um, they can't find more parachutes, but they do find like an inflatable raft. Um, so they use that. Basically the same thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the raft, um, conveniently enough, lands in some water, uh, and it's a river, and they end up uh, floating away, and hooray, they, they are safe. They have, they have made it. Um, where are they? Uh, somewhere in India. Um, and so they, they end up in this uh, little village, uh, and they're like, hey, can somebody guide us to Delhi? And they're like, yeah, but first, uh, you need to stop at this place on the way. And Andy's like, that's not on, that's not on the way. Uh, well, so this village, right, uh, had this, had some kind of like magical sacred stone that has been stolen, as have all of the children who live in the village. And they would like Indy to recover um, the, the magic stone and also the children. Um, so he goes off to the place where the children were apparently taken. And there's this, it's like this um, Indian kind of palace thing with um lots of important rich looking people and uh there's an important rich looking uh party going on um and willie of course is always on the lookout for a new sugar daddy so she's like oh has is the what they call him what they call him the maharaja does what's his wife like oh he doesn't have a wife huh well, but then um, Grand Poobah guy turns out to be like, I don't know, 12 years old. Um, so those hopes are dashed. Anyway, there's a feast. Um, this is kind of another iconic scene because uh, it involves uh, frozen monkey brains for dessert. Um, there's also a, a snake surprise where it's a giant snake and you cut it open and then there's more snakes and you're supposed to eat the snakes. Um, uh, this is definitely you- a thing people would do. Right, right. Again, the, with the, the joke the there is nightmare. that is that foreign food is weird. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. So, and Willie's like, "Do you have anything simple like soup?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And they bring her some soup that's got literal eyeballs in it. Like, I don't know if it's supposed to be monkey eyeballs, but they look awful human. Uh, so uh, she eventually just like passes out. <laughs> and um, so anyway, uh, so overt racism overt racism uh that night as they're sleeping in the fancy palace um 
Andy comes over to Willie's room and there's some serious flirting going on where Andy talks about how he's going to do it as sort of a, an anthropological study of mating rituals and uh, and I'll give you my results in the morning. And Willie's like, oh no, and kicks him out uh, because that was highly inappropriate. Um, and as and she's like, you'll be back in five minutes. And he's like, no, you're going to come crying to me in five minutes. And as they're waiting for the five minutes to pass, somebody breaks into Indy's room and like tries to kill him. And then they have a fight. And um, and with short rounds help, Indy wins. Uh, so then he goes over to Willie's room to see if there's anyone trying to kill her. And there's not. And she's really confused that he's come back and is not interested in immediately getting in bed with her. But he's like searching the room and trying to find... Um, you know, assassins. Uh, instead, he finds a secret passageway. Da, da, da. And so he goes through the secret passageway and Short Round goes with him. And Short Round, of course, uh, accidentally sets off all the traps in this secret tunnel. Um, even when uh, Indy's like, look, just stand over there and don't move. And well, he stands over there and hits a button that causes spikes to come out of the floor and the ceiling and the ceiling starts collapsing. And so they're uh, screaming for Willie to come down the passage and help them out. But Willie is not cut out for this uh, sort of situation. She like, she, she breaks a nail and then there's bugs and she's screaming and like, um, but they, they manage to, uh, she, she stops the spiky trap in time. Um, and then sets it off again. Anyway, that doesn't matter. They they get they get past all the traps. Ta-da! Uh, so then they're in this uh, this like mine, right? Uh, and they see that there's some kind some kind of cult in there uh, doing weird rituals involving um, this high priestess guy who's like uh literally ripping out somebody's still beating heart and then the guy's not dead and they lower the guy the heartless guy into like a volcano and he totally would have died several feet before he hit the lava um because of how hot it would have been i uh, mean but any anything directly above that opening isn't doing good yeah i mean near the opening ever, like, still not having ever, a great like, time in the room a, yeah, have you ever just tried to stir a pot of something boiling and 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 you're like it, that's not even lava that's just boiling water like anyhow uh setting aside the uh scientific inaccuracies of that uh as a kid i thought it was pretty cool that like oh my gosh that guy got his heart ripped out and then uh when he, they lowered him in the lava the heart caught on fire and like ooh, that's creepy um as an adult i'm like eh. um a bit iffier um so after the weird culty ritual uh as the room clears out andy's like oh my gosh look there's those sacred stones that the people in the village were talking about there's uh, a whole group of them there's like five of them uh because they're uh, like the we find out later that they are chakra stones and so there should be seven and so um this cult has kidnapped the children so that they will dig in the place where the other two stones are supposed to be because we we want to have the whole set we don't know what the whole set will do i don't think that ever comes up in the movie um presumably nothing good right um so Andy's like, okay, I'm going to steal those shiny rocks. And uh, so he sneaks over to do that. And as he's doing that, uh, the culty people, of course, come back and they um, they capture uh, Indy and Willie and Short Round. And um, then, boy, I was really tired when I watched this movie. Uh, it's just occurring to me. I was like, I thought I was paying attention, but I really wasn't. Um, so having been abducted by the culty people, uh 
they the culty people forced Andy to drink some weird liquid that's apparently like a mind control broth and like um so they're they're gonna do the weird ritual thing on Willie. They've got her in the cage and they're gonna lower her into the lava and um short round with the power of love manages to bring Indy back to himself and uh fire, actually. Not love, fire. The power of fire. I mean same same thing, whatever. And um and so then Indy um and Short Round fight together against the Colky guys. Um they get Willie out of the cage, they get into um a a minecart and they escape. It's the minecart level of the video game. Um they escape um the Colty guys um because Indy escapes with the shiny rocks. Uh, the culty guys uh, unleash some kind of flood to try to um, stop them. And um, they end up outside of the mine uh, where there's um, there's like a, a rope bridge that is very precarious. Hang on. And... There's... Okay, so during the flooding of the mine, Indy and Willie in short round step through like a side path. Like the water is coming down like the main the main tunnel they step through like a side path that the water that the water somehow doesn't follow you know in the way that water doesn't work uh instead it goes goes down like the main tunnel of the mine and then turns around and comes back to them it's yeah setting aside the scientific inaccuracies <laughs> um so there's rope bridge and the culty guys are both ahead and behind and uh, so Indy gets to the middle of the bridge and, uh, tells Short Round, uh, to hang on, um, and, um, then he cuts the bridge in half. And so then there's a fight with Indy and the, the head Colty guy, um, as they're hanging on the, on the remains of the bridge. Um, basically all of the Colty guys, except for the head guy, were, um, thrown off of the bridge when it fell. And so Colty Guy tries to rip out Indy's heart uh, and doesn't seed because Indy uh, chants some um, weird phrase and it causes the stones in, in his bag to heat up and burn their way out of the bag. And then they start to fall into the river below where there are crocodiles and um, Colty Guy uh, tries to catch them, but they're they're burning hot, and so eventually he uh, loses his grip and falls into um, the the river full of crocodiles. And then there's some close up shots of crocodiles eating things that are very much not a human body, um, but we're we're meant to understand that they they ate the guy. And uh, and he performs a Wilhelm scream after, like during the shot of. Presumably the crocodiles have already torn him to pieces and started eating chunks. Yeah, there were several Wilhelm screams in this movie. I just thought I'd gloss over that. Um, like the scientific just, inaccuracies. Um, I just wanted to note the timing of that of that specific one. So then um, one of the stones remained in the bag when the others fell out. So Indy takes that stone and uh, all of the children that are now rescued from the mine because the culty guys are gone and they go back to the little village um, where the children are returned to their loving families and the the village head honcho guy is very happy to get the magic stone back and then uh, presumably Indy and the others make their way to Delhi at last. Um, the end. Yay! So one village got its magic rock and every child for the in like the surrounding hundred square miles. 
Yeah, like, presumably there's four other villages out there that didn't get their shiny rock back. Oh, uh, also during the during the final Fallen Bridge fight, um, some guys in blue turbans show up. And we know that they're the good guys because they're wearing blue. Because yeah, the bad guys wear black and red. That's legit. Blue is the color of good guys. I mean, that's how it works with the Colin family, so... <laughs> blue is the color of the good guys, yes. Okay, but the bad guys wear green, which isn't red and black. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. also wears green. It's it's funny, Mike, but I actually picture Sadius's colors as red, even though I think it, they did tell us it was green at some point. It's green oh, yeah, and white. I come right out and say it's green. But I, I picture them in red every time I, I hear about them. Colin's blue because we have Colin blue. It, that has been ingrained in me. But well, Sadius we, is red. I'm we, sorry. We can't have humans in red and black because they would blend in with the Parshendi. Well, that's my brain. Uh, but anyway, Sadius, yeah. Sadius wears Slytherin colors. We'll see if my mind can readjust to this this fact. Anyway. Uh, so yeah. what I wanted to say about the characters is... Um, so the sequels play with like play with the characters or with 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 Indy's like supporting cast. Yeah. So in in Raiders, everybody is highly competent, right? Yep. Yep. Like Marion, Sala, even Marcus Brody, when he's in his element, super competent. Like they know what they know what they're doing. They're good at what they're doing. Marion gets captured repeatedly, not through like any fault of her own, just you know. The Nazis have a lot of guys with guns. But she still takes steps to try to get herself out of the situation. Like, she she's actively doing stuff in the movie. Yep. Um, in Temple of Doom, uh, we play with that a little bit. So Short Round is just as competent as everybody in Raiders, except he's a child, uh, which which undermines his competence at a couple of points. Because because he's just physically a child and, you know, is easily physically overpowered. Uh, Willie Scott, totally useless. Yep. She like, is very much just the damsel in distress, gotta scream all the time character. Uh, also played by Steven Spielberg's wife. Did not know that. They have like six kids together. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so and then in... Do I want to get into the characters in... In Last Crusade yet? I don't think nope, I do. Nope. I think I want to let Craig talk about it. tell us about Last Crusade. Yeah. I do. I do. Do we just want to go into it now and then we'll talk about all the characters and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Da, all da, right. Da, 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 da. And begin. All right. So oh, Indiana Jones. Sorry. Whoa. Sorry. Sorry. I have one more thing about Temple of Doom. Uh, It's a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark for literally no reason. Wait, yep. really? Yeah. Yep. Temple of the Doom comes chronologically first. The only bit that we get of that is we're told the year in like a big splash at like the beginning. So and it I, otherwise is in no way relevant. I suspect it's because they weren't sure if they were going to bring Marion back because th there's definitely like some romantic, you know, overtures at the end of Raiders. And it's sort of like, do they wind up together? And that's why it's like, let's make it a prequel so we can keep that part open. That's my suspicion. Well, how did they deal with that in Last Crusade, a movie that definitely is not. set well, after Raiders? Let's talk about Last Crusade. I can't say anything about Marion, though. I have no clue what happened to her. Um, she isn't so mentioned. There, There's literally no mention. They just move on. All right. So moving on. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. We start in 1912, where uh, young Indiana Jones uh, is riding with his Boy Scout troops. Played uh, by River Indi Phoenix. Mike... 
I was Phoenix. about to say that. I know. I was about to say that. I was literally about to say that. Oh, who anyway. who plays young Indiana Jones? Craig River River Phoenix. Incorrect. It's uh oh god, the guy <laughs> from Boondock Saints in, uh, the, in anyway. the TV show plays him. So they they're in Utah or something like that, and uh, while just exploring caves as you do as a kid, uh, he finds a bunch of grave robbers who have this shiny golden crucifix that was belonging to Coronado. And it belongs in a museum, guys. Real quick, what's the difference between those guys and Indy when he grows up? It belongs in a museum, guys. Well, but what about that artifact that he handed to the Chinese mobster? <laughs> like, Yeah, there's not much different. And I think that's sort of the point, because he does sort of... I mean, he adopts their look. He, he takes their hat, which I'll get to in a moment. But I think the fact is that he is trying to do it to, to donate to museums and have the artifacts either in the prop the people who it actually belongs to or just on display for everyone to enjoy he's not in it for the money like i think that's the difference he was actively stealing the golden monkey idol from the people it actually belongs to look i can't talk about temple of doom nope that, that was raiders I, I, the golden oh, raiders right the golden first monkey. one yeah yeah true, true sorry sorry yes i don't i don't know i don't i, don't, I got nothing on that one but it was a fun action scene, though, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, like it's it's a cool booby trap temple scene, but he's also, you know, stealing a cultural treasure from people who are right there. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so he, he thinks that uh, the Golden Crucifix belongs in a museum, so he steals it from the grave robbers and they give chase through this circus train uh, where we have a train car full of snakes in a crate and snakes everywhere. And this is where his fear of snakes apparently comes from because he fell in to one of the boxes and oh, scary. Um, and and like two minutes before that, he like freely handled a snake that was on somebody else. And like, don't be don't be a baby. It's just a snake. Yep. Uh, during this scene, while he's get, he's being chased, uh, he does get a cut on his chin from a whip hmm i wonder if that's importantly uh eventually he does escape but unfortunately the the sheriff makes him return the cross to the grave robbers themselves and and that's where he gets his hat from because they they were impressed with india uh, the young indiana jones and he gave his hat panama hat guy I, is that is that actually what he's called in the movie he i thought he had a hat. name but um, whatever he's he's the rich guy who wanted the cross and he gets the cross back. All right. So then we go like, what, 26 years in the future now. Uh, chronologically, this takes place two years after Raiders of the Lost Ark. However, this was filmed eight years after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, so now we're on a ship in somewhere around, I don't know, Portugal, I think. And Indiana Jones is trying to get that cross back. I think he was successful in stealing the cross, but it's with that same Panama hat guy. Uh, and he's trying to escape overboard. There's a big fight scene. There's uh, he he gets caught and it's like they're going to toss him overboard. But then he's able to use because it's like in the middle of a storm or something like that. He's able to use that to sort of get away, get the cross and jump overboard. And of course, the ship will explode because that, that these things happen. Right, guys? Things explode when Indy leaves. That happens, yep. That yeah. Happens. All right. So now we're at the school because uh, Indy does teach. He's a teacher, guys. He's not just an archaeologist. And still packed class. 
Uh, he's he's starting his lecture, and then the bell rings, and he says, "Hey, we're gonna give he's gonna give uh, office hours for an hour and a half." And then he goes to his room in the boiler room, his office, and it is it is mob. There's students everywhere. Marcus Birdie shows up to talk about something to him. I, I think he was going to give the, the cross to Marcus Birdie to donate to the museum uh, and talk about other things. And it's just he can't because it's so packed. So he sneaks out the window and cuts short his one hour and a half long office hours to five minutes. Oh, hold up. An important thing happens. Yeah. Uh, he gets a package in the mail. Ah, true. He gets a, a mysterious package that we're going to see in a moment. Or should I just, I, I I think it's just right right after the scene with Marcus that he opens up the package. And it is, it is his father's grail diary, right? Yeah. Um. So super important. So real quick, this scene, like this whole beginning sequence, it reminds me a lot of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like the first scene starts with an action sequence when where Indy's trying to steal something. And then it cuts to him being at the university to talk to Marcus Brody. And then we start the actual main plot of the movie. Like, it's almost exactly the same sort of setup. Oh, yeah. It's like this this collection of like this, like first act of the movie is is functionally a remake of Raiders. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, uh, so Indiana Jones talks to Walter Donovan, who's some rich dude who I forget. Did he work with Indy's father or something like that? He said he did. Okay. Um, that's, that's what, that's what I thought I remembered. So, uh, there, you know, it's at some like rich fancy party, uh, which I believe is at Donovan's house. And he shows him this partial tablet that he was able to retrieve, which has information about where the grail is hidden, but it's only like the bottom half. So you don't really have a starting point or anything like that, but it is proof that information that was in the Grail Diary uh, looks like it was true, and it looks like there's there's some weight to the possible possibility that the Grail actually exists, and there is a trail to find it. Um, apparently, there was two knights. Like, the, there's a story of three knights who went off in search. Uh, I think this is during the Crusade that went off in search of the Holy Grail, and two of them returned after I think 150 years. And that tablet apparently comes from one of the knights, and another knight is buried in uh, Venice, in, in under a cathedral in Venice, or at least they think there's a, a map or something at that location. So that's where they run off to. It's a catacomb underneath a library. And it is, oh, sorry, not, a, well, it was a cathedral turned into a library? I, I don't Correct. know, but yes. catacomb. Catacomb. Um, anyway, so this is in Venice. And he meets up with an associate of Donovan's, uh, Dr. Elsa Schneider. Um, and and yeah, so they go into the the, the library. And actually, I, I, I sort of like the scene because he's trying to figure out like where the information is by looking at the stained glass, uh, which they find Roman numerals on pillars because this is an older building that has been turned into a library. They and that's when three, he... they find five, they find seven. And now they need ten. Mike, where's 10? Where's the X? It marks, marks the spot, Craig. It does. So it's on the ground, and he picks up a, a pillar, and he breaks it open, perfectly timed with a guy stamping the books. So he thinks that he's stamping with a, a lot more force than he expects. It's sort of It's silly. a good gag. <laughs> so anyway, there are catacombs beneath this library, so they jump in. 
and go look through it. And eventually, uh, I'm just going to gloss through most of this. They do find the the tomb of this other knight, and he has a shield which has the exact same tablet, except it is intact. So he can make uh, an engraving of it and uh, rubbing. Sorry, a rubbing, not engraving. He can make a rubbing of it. So that way we can get the full instructions of where the grail is hidden. Yep, um, make an engraving. We've got we've got three or four days. We can sit down and just really, really carve this thing out. Uh, you're all you also glossed over the best line of the movie. The best one. What What is the best one in your opinion? Okay. in the catacomb uh, they're They're walking past and there's a mural along one of, or on one of the walls. And Elsa looks at it and, like, studies it for a minute. And she's like, what's that? Indy does not even glance at it. Ark of the Covenant. Are you sure? Pretty sure. <laughs> uh, I actually forgot that that line. I, I might have been... Uh, my baby was around at that point when we were watching this scene in the movie. So I might have missed that. But um, after they make the rubbing, not engraving, uh, they are attacked by a, another group of people who we don't know at this point in time who they are. Uh, but they like set fire to to the catacombs. So they have to escape and run away. And then we have a big action sequence where they, they manage to get out onto the, the waters of Venice. And there's, you know, a big boat chase. This is the scene where they're in a boat and they go between two giant ships that are being pushed together, as you do. Um, they make it, and of course the guy's chasing them. Do not make it. Explosions. And we also have the scene where they jump into, Indy jumps onto the other boat of the guy who was attacking them, and he's, like, uh, questioning him while the boat is being propellered by a giant ship. So it's like, that. That I don't know, there's, like, these iconic things that I'm like, yep, uh, definitely remember that. Anyway, we find out that he's actually a secret society that are trying to protect the Grail. And he tells them he's looking for his father, uh, not for the Grail itself. So he's like, all right, this, this is fine. It's the... And the the guy knows where his dad is. Like He does. He, he has and... current good information about this somehow. It's never explained. Yeah, this this group, this whole thing is sort of a little bit weird to me. Because they're not, they're not evil. They're trying to protect the Grail, but they know things. Like, how do they know where his father is? His father is in a castle in Austria, which and then, happens to be controlled by Nazis. They only exist in this one scene in Venice. Like, they, they do not come into play for anywhere else in the movie. So it's like you a see, worse version of, of, the, of the society in The Mummy. Kazim, who, who's, who's the guy, who, the main guy of this group i thought he pops up in a later scene as well he he's you see him he doesn't have a line or anything but he's he's visible what scene where i don't, I don't remember. remember i remember seeing him i'm like oh that's the guy from earlier but i don't remember what he was doing or where it was so unfortunately i don't remember i'm sorry like you said it's not really important it's just it's just this weird sequence anyway so um the map that they retrieved from the catacombs he gives that to marcus uh, so that way he doesn't have the whole entire Grail diary with him um, in case, you know, something bad happens. So he sends Marcus over to they find out that the start of the map is in Alexandretta. Which um, sounds to me like a corruption of Alexandria, of which there are approximately 3000. Good thing it's different than those then. Um, so, yeah, so he sends Marcus ahead Tour close to the city, uh, to the ruins that the, they're going to be starting from, while he goes to retrieve his father, uh, with Elsa. Right? I th I think she goes with him. Yeah, I mean she's there. She goes. So she they... goes with him. It's a 
it's a castle in Germany, I think. Which happened to be a secret base of the Nazis. Uh-oh. Why did it need to be secret? At this point, the <laughs> Nazis are, like, in power in Germany. Yep. Why was it secret? Because it's in Austria. They're not allowed to be in Austria yet, I guess. I don't know. Um. So uh, I think Elsa gets quote-unquote captured uh, when, they're, when they're searching the castle, right? No, I, I don't fully remember. Somehow she gets split off from the party. Um, Indy gets captured and gets Indy tied gets up with, with his dad. Right. Well, so so let me get to there. So he climbs the side of the castle and finds the room where his father is is in. And his father is played by Sean Connery. So um, as a, as a more of a bookish type, like he's not an action type like like character. He's a bookish type nerdy sort of uh I mean, older. He, he's the father of Indiana Jones, but less action, more book smarts. Um, they get captured, as you point out, and they get tied together. There's actually a lot of, I think, fun sequences in this whole this this scene. I think in particular is is sort of comical. Um, Sean get, Connery lights the castle on fire. They get roped together, and they're going to try to burn the ropes that are on them. And whoops, he drops the lighter. And he fans the flames into the rug, which sets the castle on fire. Um, but that's okay. They can they can uh, quickly get a, a escape to the fireplace, which happens to be a secret a secret passage to the radio Nazi radio lab. I don't know. It's it's weird. This whole scene is sort of very comical. Um, it's it's sort of slapsticky that this whole sequence. Um, oh, it's very slapstick. Like this this is. Okay, once again, George Lucas, huge nerd. This is this is like a Marx Brothers kind of yeah. setup. So eventually they get out of the ropes and they they manage to deal with the this, you know, all the Nazis that happened to be in the radio lab, you know, just with perfect timing. Put them in the, the part that's on fire while they escape through the other secret passageway to that radio uh, area, which just happens to be connected to uh, a seat. You know, as you do, the it's another place to hide that. So they escape, they have boats, they could take a boat, but Indy sees something better, so he makes the boat seem like it's going down the river, and they hop on a motorcycle, and then, rather than wait for all of the, the Nazis to leave, they run off on the motorcycle immediately, right past them, um, as, as they climb onto the boat. Well, hold up, there was an important thing that you glossed over. So, as part of their escape, um, the main Nazi guy... Uh, holds a gun on Ilsa and demands that uh, Indy yeah. give him the Grail Diary, uh, which at this point Indy does, and we find out that Ilsa uh, was in fact a Nazi. Oh no, she was a uh, she was a villain this whole time. The love interest a villain. Say it isn't so. That is a good point. I forgot to mention that whole thing. We find Elsa is evil. Um, surely there's not another character that we met earlier that is evil as well. Surely this um, is it. But yeah, this this means that Indy has to go to Berlin. Well, okay, so they escape. Um, they're chased by a couple of dogfighters, some planes, um, and you know they they manage to not really evade it. Uh, they get bombed and have to leave the motorcycle. But then his father, smart enough to use the seagulls to uh, poor seagulls, by the way, to fly into the plane and make it crash. And explode. Well, oh, their, oh, their plane and, gets shot somehow. It's it's a mystery. We'll never we'll never know exactly how. No, 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 no. Their plane we're not at that. Shot. We're not at that part yet. Oh, right. That's that's later. Right. 
yeah, that's later. Um, no, there was a scene while they were being chased in a motorcycle where the plane follows them into a tunnel. Who does this? You know you can't fit into a tunnel, but he flies into it anyway and explodes eventually as he as he he's not even flying. His plane without wings goes past a motorcycle. It's so weird. Anyway, they get away. Um, and like you said, they have to go to Berlin uh, because that that's where the girl diary like that's where they went. So they have to go get the, the girl diary because there's important information in there about how to actually deal with the the traps. Or I, I guess, yeah, I guess it is traps. Um, no, that the, were the three trials. The, the three. Yeah, trials. Thank you. That's the word. So they get to Berlin and there's a book burning going on at the time. Um, eventually, he Indy's dressed up like a, a German soldier and he he does find Elsa and gets the, the journal back from him. And then while he was trying to get away, he gets face to face with Hitler, who thinks his book is like the main, main comp or something like that. And he autographs it. So we, anyway, he gets away with the journal and they board a Zeppelin to get to, uh, I don't know, wherever the Zeppelin's going to get away, get out of Germany. And again, there, there, it, there's so many scenes that I, I know I'm glossing over. It. It's sort of fun, but uh, the Germans do figure out that they're on the, uh, on well, the Zeppelin. There's, there's the no ticket scene. There's the no ticket. So, so he dresses up as one of the when he sees that the the army, the main evil dude is. I'm just going to call him the main e- evil dude, Vogel. He, he's the he's the Nazi that was sort of working with Elsa. Um, He's coming on board the Zeppelin because he knows Indy and his father are there. Or at least he's looking for them. And so he dresses up as one of the workers, surprises, I guess, sort of Vogel and tosses him through the window off the Zeppelin. And then everyone, of course, sees that because there's just passengers watching this. And he says, no ticket. And then everyone wants to give him his ticket. It's great. Right. Um, because not only did he like punch someone and throw them off the plane for not having a ticket, he punched and threw off a Nazi officer. Yep. Like he, he didn't have a ticket. Yeah. So so of course everyone else is like, No, I've 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 got please don't I don't I don't want to deal with somebody who <laughs> who who will do that to a Nazi officer. They're they're serious. So despite all that happening, they still fly away. Um, in the Zeppelin, and it looks like they got away until the Zeppelin itself starts turning, in which case they're like, okay, they figured us out, they're going back to Germany, we better leave. And luckily there's a plane attached to the Zeppelin, which they go and fly away. But unfortunately they are attacked by some other German planes at this point in time. So um, Indy is flying while his father mans the guns. And yes, unfortunately... They were shot down. the The tail on the plane got shot. Who knows how could this how could this happen? They it's sad news. It's, it's um, a mystery. We'll just mystery. never know. So they so they crash land. Um, what? Where did? How did they get away at this point? They crash land, but oh, is is that where the sequence with the birds comes from? Did I actually? Miss I thought that sequence? was where the birds were. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Um. Okay. So I, I apologize. All I I mixed the bird scene. I I thought. Otherwise, so anyway, they do manage to evade the planes after they they crash land. Um, and then we cut to Marcus Brody. Um, he actually bumps into Salah from the first movie, um, John Ray's Davies. So he just happens to also be in Alexandretta or, or near the ruins of Alexandretta. Um, 
But at the same time, a couple of questionable dudes show up to try to sort of capture Marcus Brody. Um, and Salah tries to help him escape, but they try to do the same thing as before, where they push him into uh, a a fake like a doorway, and they they're going to cover it up. However, this time in this sequence, the doorway happens to be a truck door that the Nazis own, and they capture Marcus Brody that way. It's um, it's a reverse of a really really similar scene in Raiders. Yeah. Um. All right. So Marcus Brody is captured. Jones. Indiana Jones and his father are okay. They make their way to Alexandretta uh, and and meet up with Salah, so that way they can they can actually because Marcus Brody, if you guys remember, has the actual map of of the Grail Diary. So Grail Diary has the way to beat the three trials, but we still need the map. Um, so at this point, the this is where we get the tank sequence where there there's a tank like rolling across the desert, which I believe is heading towards where because they have the map, so they're heading towards. Well- before that is the second best line in the movie. Oh, which one's this one? Uh, this one is, um, what's his face? Donovan talking to some rich guy, uh, and he gives him a car. The dude really likes the car, so he gives him, like, all oh. sorts of, like, equipment and horses and supplies and tanks. You're welcome. Well, that's how they got the tank. <laughs> um... Oh, at this point, we already found out that Donovan is also working with the Nazis. We find that out in... Oh, I guess we find that out in, in Austria as well. Yeah. it's. Mm. I warned you not to trust anyone. Yep, it's true. So they're they're rolling down a, a, in a tank to the ruins. Um, and this is sort of the whole sequence that we get where they try to rescue Marcus Brody. And the senior Jones... Um, Indy's father actually goes into the tank with Marcus Brody and there's like a, a nice little fight sequence. Um, they they put a rock in the in the gun of the tank at some point. So it explodes in the gunner's face. And then there's there's fighting and punching and stuff on top of the tank with the with Vogel. Um, Indy's and, bag gets hooked to the gun in a way that is impossible. And yeah, then the, he unhooks himself also in an impossible way. The tank is so slow that he could have jumped off at any point and he probably would have been fine. But instead, he they try to get off. He tries to get off the side, which gets his bag stuck on the gun. How does this happen? And then he's about to get crushed. But luckily, a a gunshot inside the tank happens to kill the driver at the perfect time. So Indy isn't crushed against the wall that the tank was was following. This happens. Um. Anyway. This this whole sequence, I, uh, although, is, is sort of iconic. It's like the, the airplane scene from the Raiders of the Lost Ark, only this time they're fighting on a tank. Um, and then eventually it's just Indy and Vogel that are fighting on top of the tank. Everyone else has managed to get off safely. Um, and, and, and essentially Indy fights Vogel, or at least distracts him, to the point where the tank goes over the cliff. And Vogel's there, and there's this comedic thing where he's falling towards the camera. We see the the view of the tank falling with Vogel making a face as it falls and explodes when it hits the ground. And we all think Indy's dead for all of a minute until he climbs up the side of the cliff because he jumped off at the right time. It, it falls. The tank falls. It tank rolls falls. over Vogel, and then it explodes. No, I thought he's riding in it while it falls. Yeah. Yeah. And it rolls over him. <laughs> and then it explodes. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the the team are now together. They make their way to the ruins. 
Uh, and of course, the Nazis are already there and they're trying to figure out they don't have the Grail Diary. So they don't know how to solve the three trials. So they're trying to get past the first hot trial, which unfortunately has this weird ghosty thing on the spider webs, which just cuts people's heads off. It's we don't know how to deal with this. So they're just going to keep putting in the militia people that they have with them until they figure out how to solve this. Um, so Indian code, they see this. They're trying to figure out how to get past them. But unfortunately, they are captured at this point in time. And in order, like, why why send, you know, the, the military in there when they could have Indiana Jones go solve the trials for them? So they shoot. Uh, I think it's Donovan. Donovan actually shoots Indiana Jones's father and says, you better find the grail or he's going to die. So if that's not motivation, I don't know what is. So. Indy, since he has read and he has the, the Growl Diary with him at this time, uh, he figures out how to solve the three trials. For the first one, you figure out you just have to kneel, even though there's also a so there's a buzzsaw that's been cutting people's heads off. And there's also one in the ground. I don't know how you're supposed to know to avoid that one, but Indy does. The penitent man does a forward combat roll. Okay. <laughs> and then he disables that so that way they can continue forward. The second puzzle is that you have to follow the name of god uh it's the word of god and you have to follow his name you have letters it's high stakes hopscotch there's letters on the ground and you have to follow the the actual jehovah which is the god's name however jehovah begins with an i not a j and indioma screws it up in the first step but luckily he doesn't so at least we know the stakes what would happen if he's wrong um side note how do we have letters in the middle of this area where if you touch any letter connected to it, it will fall, but those letters are safe to stand on? I don't right? understand yeah. how this works. And it's a bit where the camera is looking up at the floor from underneath. Right. Yeah. And there's there's not there's not like pillars holding up the safe ones. Like what is the deal? There's also like whatever ones that Indy was holding onto with his arms while he was dangling. Those are clearly safe. Mm. Well, either way, Indiana Jones figures out how to spell Jehovah with an I first, and he makes it past the second trial. And then he goes to the third trial, which is essentially making a leap of faith. Um, because you look and there's just a giant chasm and you can see where you need to go, but you don't see a way to cross. And all the book says is a, a leap from the lion's head or something like that. Um, or and and it looks like someone's walking across the chasm in the picture that they have. So he takes a step and you find out through optic illusion trickery, there's actually a walkway there and it is not a chasm. I mean, it is a chasm like next to him, but they painted the floor to look like uh, the, the chasm itself. So it's it's actually sort of neat. I mean, they, I think it is. They in this scenario is a very elder, extraordinarily old knight. Uh, who presumably has to go out every couple of years and repaint to like make it <laughs> right? Work. Like, like he's the... got to touch it up. <laughs> well, so yeah, he, he's keeping the the saws going. Yeah, he's and... got to oil the buzz saws and yep. make sure the the letters that fall are, are set up properly and they haven't crumbled. So you you know, in order to maintain the buzz saws, that the old man has to like hopscotch across Jehovah <laughs> and then he hopscotch does. back. 
but it's okay. I, I think he's well. Okay, so let's get into that. So he passes the third trial, and then he crawls into the chamber where all of these chalices just happen to be sitting, and an elderly knight, as you guys mentioned, who happens to be the third brother who went questing uh, for the the Holy Grail. Um, he has been here, you know, guarding essentially the Grail, and he does try to like swing his sword at Indy to make sure he's. Uh, I guess he's actually supposed to be there and not like trying to steal the grail for himself. But he's old, you know. It it doesn't go well. Um, Presumably, I, he's been surviving for centuries on seven hundred years on just grail water. Yes, he no, he no, drinks. I've, I've got a theory that he like gets out and goes to town every now and then. Because he's speaking a modern dialect of English, which a knight from the Crusades would not be. So he's been keeping up with the times. <laughs> well, um, okay, so they, they have a discussion and the the knight thinks that Indy is supposed to take up the guard now. So he can finally retire. Uh, the knight can finally retire. So he hands him his sword. But at the same time, Donovan and Elsa, Elsa come into the chamber and they're trying to figure out which one is the real grail and so there's a lot of chalices and it's like they all look different and you're like which one is the actual holy grail and elsa picks one that like is the classic representation when you picture the grail like drawn in artwork it's all golden and 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 everything like it's like oh this the animated one from monty python yeah exactly. exactly where my mind went so that's the one she picks so donovan drinks from it and Whoops, that was not the correct grail. And we have skeleton face melting sort of thing. Um, you know, he, as he as, as you do. Poorly. It ends poorly. Um so anyway, Indy picks the grail and it's it's the cup of a carpenter. Like clearly, guys, look for the plainest looking cup. He finds it, that's the one. He fills it with the holy water and makes his way back to his father, where he can give him a, a drink from the cup and also pour it over the wounds. Um, so, hey, the team made it. They found the grail. They just up. Uh, but the knight told them you have to keep the holy grail within the chamber. It can't go past the seal. So how they make that, it. How, how does that work? It's a load bearing cup, Mike. If you okay, take but... it past the seal, it can't hold up the chamber. The same way that the Jehovah letters work. That's that's all it... I'm saying. <laughs> At some point previous to this whole place being built, that cup wasn't in this place. So, like, did the knight do magic on the seal? And No, no magic. All mechanics. Are you sure? <laughs> because the grail itself apparently does magic, so, like... Because, um, bud, that ain't physics. <laughs> anyway, Elsa steals the cup from from Indian Co., and she starts, like, trying to leave because, hey, we finally got it. And she's just gonna go past the seal and and get it. Um, so that doesn't work. And the chamber starts collapsing once she brings the, the grail past the seal. And the, the floor splits in half. People are falling. Um, Elsa starts falling. And the cup itself almost falls into the to the chasm that has fallen. And, you know, she's clinging on with one hand. And with the second hand trying to reach the grail, she can almost reach it. She could just barely touch it. She got greedy and fell to her death. Then Indy falls into the same chasm, and he's holding on with one hand, and he could just reach it with his hand. But then his father's like, 
Indy, just let it go. And he actually, I think, is this the first time and only time he actually calls him Indiana? Because it, yeah, it might be. So. Like, that's sort of important because it makes Indy actually listen. So he leaves the grail and he gets rescued by his father and they escape with the grail falling into the chasm. He's sealed. Like, it's it's fine. Um, and, and then the, they ride off and, into the sunset. Cause... No, no, no. And then the old knight is standing there oh, and, yeah. as the temple falls down around him and, and waves goodbye. Yep. And then they grab horses and ride off in sunset. And this is where we find out that Indiana's real name is actually Henry Jones Jr., which is why he's called Jr. And he decided to take the name Indiana after the dog. He's named after the dog. And Marcus Brody, who famously got lost in his own library, uh, starts writing off saying, I know the way, and he probably doesn't. <laughs> uh, the end. All right, let's talk about characters. Um, yeah. So, here we go. Uh, in Temple of Doom, we had, we had like, Willie, who was completely useless, and Short Round, who was extremely competent, but physically a human child. So, restricted by that. Uh, here in uh, Last Crusade... The side characters are, let's see, Elsa is competent, but evil. Um, Henry is almost entirely incompetent. He has one moment of sort of competence where he umbrellas at some birds once. Other than that, completely useless. He, he isn't he even a source... He poured everything into Int. He, no, he isn't even a source of information. His diary is... So the he book, was the source of information at some point. Except the book is a much more competent side character than Dr. Henry Jones Sr. Wait, he rescues Indy at the end, too. He does more than just the one thing. He does a couple of, of life-saving things. His book. There's a book. A book that isn't a person is a more competent character, Craig. <laughs> and then, uh... we get, then we get Marcus Brody outside of his... Outside of his, like, one area of competence and he's he's useless uh we get sala being outsmarted like yeah he, this... he's less he's definitely less competent in this movie compared to raiders um yeah so so basically we have we're we're playing with with the character with like with the side characters and like levels of competence and and you know it's fun because it would get boring if you just had all the same like like if everyone around indy were also competent all the time it would it would get a little boring. Um, so, yeah, I, I do want to be real quick about the characters here. Um, in the first movie, so it's it's always about how Indy in, reacts and interacts with his fellow party members. Like in the first movie, it's basically him and Marion with a little bit of Salah. Um, and in the second, it's Willie and Short Round. And in the third movie, it's mostly Henry Sr., but also a little bit of Elsa um and and marcus brody slash and salah um and the diary and the diary so in the first movie like marion like she she is competent like you said the, a lot of the members in the cast uh are, are competent um and you know she can hold her own like i mentioned she's not necessarily a damsel in distress although she does need rescuing but she is clearly taking actions and steps to sort of resolve her situation um, in the second movie, Willie is very much damsel in distress, screams at everything. Short Round is the one who gets the competence and actually does things, even if people don't necessarily listen to him. Um, and in the third movie, I like the interaction between Indy and his father, but I, I, it, to me, 
Henry Sr. doesn't, I mean, he comes off as bumbling a little bit. Like, it's that sort of slapsticky type comedy where he might be book smart because his book is smart. But when it comes to act- action sequences, he doesn't really know how to handle and, and do things himself. Um, but it's it's that sort of interplay. But I do like how Indy interacts with his father more than he interacts with the character from the other movies. Like, it's just it's just a better interaction between the two and the and the growth that the two characters have. Um I don't know. I just I just like the interplay. And like when it comes to my overall impressions of the movie, which I'll quickly go into, um, like the first movie, Raiders. OK, so I think I think it's safe to say Temple. I think we're all in agreement. Temple Doom is the weakest of the three. Yes. 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 Okay. Which I, I would argue that it's still a very, very good movie. Just compared to these other two, it just it just doesn't hold up. Yeah. Like, I, I think I think Spielberg was quoted as saying that one of the reasons he made Last Crusade was to atone for his sins of making Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, the first movie, I feel like, has a lot of iconic action sequences. Like, I'm watching every scene from the movie. I'm like, yeah, I remember how this goes. I remember this scene. And very action-oriented. But aside from that, like, the dialogue to me isn't very remarkable. Cut right. to cut to the last crusade, and I feel like there's a lot of quotable parts of the movie. You even mentioned, Mike, while you were talking about this, there's like the the best quote of the movie, second best quote of the movie. I remember personally like the no tickets thing and Indiana's the name of the horse and that sort of thing. Like there's just Indiana there's was fun... the dog's name. Or, did Craig. I say horse? I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to go fast. I, I apologize. I do have to leave okay, in well, like five minutes. I have one more thing um, that I want to do before we finish. Okay, so so real quick, yeah. So I feel like the movie itself, uh, it's just fun to me. Like, watching Last Crusade, I feel like it was more enjoyable for me to sit down. Like, there's a lot of great action sequences in Raiders, but Last Crusade just was more fun to me to watch. Um, what do you got, Mike? Uh, I have the the source of the name Indiana. So, oh, yeah. Tell us. Uh, George Lucas, while filming several things, including Star Wars, uh, would just drive around set in his truck with his dog as his co-pilot. Uh, that became the like character concept for Chewbacca. Uh, but the dog's name <laughs> was Indiana, which became oh, the, really? the name of Indiana Jones. Yeah. So from what I read, uh, they were parroting the... Or, sorry, it was a homage to the 1930s action serial movies. Um, right. In particular, Steve McQueen has, one of his characters is Nevada Smith, and they were originally going to call Indiana Jones, it was going to be Indiana Smith, which they felt was a little too close to Nevada Smith, so then they decided to change his last name to Jones. And, like, the source of the dog being named Indiana might have had, like, a similar source, because, again, George Lucas, huge nerd. Yeah. Super huge nerd. Uh, what, what's funny is as I was watching these movies, two things stood out to me, like nostalgia wise. One, I played a lot of the Lego Indiana Jones games back in the day. So I sort of remember weird things. Uh, we did have one of our patrons in chat mention Willie having a scream that was like an AOE attack in that game. I like I remember goofy, weird things like that. I also remember playing this 
adventure game uh, made by, I think, uh, LucasArts back yeah, in, the, the, in the 90s. the Indiana Jones point-and-click adventure yeah, game. Yeah, specifically The Last Crusade. I remember so many scenes from that movie because I played that game. And I'm like, this is where you have to do these certain things, like escaping from the castle, uh, get, getting on the Zeppelin. Like, I remember all those scenes from the adventure game. So, yeah. Uh, in, in terms of me still holding up, or still claiming that Raiders is better, um, it's in part because Last Crusade redid a lot of the stuff from Raiders. Like, mm. like they 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 changed it. They made it new, but they they did like a lot of what what's in Last Crusade is just taking things from Raiders and putting a little bit of a spin on it. They're like it bad. worked before. Let's do it again. Well, I, I I think they were smart about it. Like I pointed out, the Act One of the movie it's it's purposely made to look very similar to Raiders. But yeah. then we do things like uh, the part where they're in the Middle East in with, with Salah, where it's like you expect it to work one way if you've seen Raiders, but then it doesn't turn out that way. It, it's that spin. Like, they, they are playing with the fact that they're copying a couple of, of beats and yeah. things like that. And and they did it well. And as you said, like, the dialogue is way better in, in Last Crusade. I'm not... I'm in no way arguing that Last Crusade isn't an excellent movie, I'm saying that Raiders is is better for being original. Okay. So, dude, as I said, we there are so many things we have in our media, in our in our culture, at least in the United States. Um, so for video games and movies and things like that, it's because of Indiana Jones. Like it set the bar for people of my generation to to get from. Like I said, this was an uh, homage to. 1930s 40s action serials so it's bringing it back and this this is what we have in our generations we have indiana jones well even well, like when you were talking earlier about the the travel scenes where it's just the airplane superimposed on the map with the lines on it like that's that's from the old black and white movies mm, that, that's mm-hmm. how they did it back then yeah and it's so good it's so good <laughs> my my wife after we watch raiders she's like you know what i feel like watching romancing the stone and also she felt like watching the new jungle cruise movie because it they're both i mean romancing the stone is is another like action type movie um but not quite like indiana jones but indy i think jungle cruise they were definitely going for that whole indiana jones thing only it's made in you know 20 19, I, I would whenever. say Jungle Cruise was much more of a Pirates of the Caribbean remake, but... It was Pirates mixed with Indiana Jones. Tomato, tomato. Anyway, you need to play some <laughs> Zelda, so bye. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? I have two minutes. No, let's just end it. Okay, good night, Internet. Well, we, we didn't just... hear Tori's thoughts. Hold on, hold on. Tori didn't wrap up her thoughts on the movies. I think Last Crusade is the best one. Thank you, Tori. That's my thoughts. All right, <laughs> All right. bye, everybody. Good night, bye, everyone. Internet.